I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So I watched a lot of the NCAA basketball tournament because, quite frankly, I was ill. <laughs> I was on my back. But it was, it was good that it was on. And man, oh man, unlike any tournament I think we've seen for a very long time, in that, uh, what do you have, Steve? Three teams going in for the first time in the same same Final Four? Yeah, three of the four teams have never been there before. Two of them in the state of Florida. Incredible. Which, if I saw the stat correct, the only time in tournament history that th- the two schools from the same state made their debut in the Final Four in the same season. You'll remember this one, Rick. 1954. Oh, yeah. LaSalle and Penn State both made the Final Four for the first time. Yeah. Um, I I don't actually remember that. I wasn't <laughs> even a consideration of my parents. But um, that is incredible because we're talking now about beach ball, right? That's what's going on in Houston next week. Miami and how about Florida Atlantic? The Owls. Woo! The Owls have made it to the Final Four for the first time in school history for both those teams, actually. They joined San Diego State, which I love that team, by the way, and UConn, mm-hmm. which is really I, not, I don't want you to call them a blue blood. They were a fourth seed. They've won national championships, so they're a recognizable brand, right? Especially on the women's side, but men's too. They've won mm-hmm. national titles. So that's that's as uh, sexy as it gets, if you will, as far as the traditional powers. Mm-hmm. All of them knocked out. All four one seeds. I think it's the first time that a one seed hasn't been in the Final Four in like 30 years or something like that. It's the first time um, ever that none of the top three seeds have made the Final Four. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I mean, the four seed is, seed crazy. is the highest I, seed. Ernie, I don't believe it. What they're doing with college basketball, they're ruining it. Um, yeah, Some are saying that you know now. What? <laughs> well, they are. Yeah. I, I watched it. Didn't, I thought the whole purpose, correct me if I'm wrong, people, you get the complaints about college football and how we got to expand and we need to have more teams. Otherwise, it's always Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and, you know, whoever else is left that I didn't mention. Um, and, and so they're going to expand college football because you want to give these teams a chance, right? You want to you expand the field. It really is about money, and they, they figured out how to do that and not, you know, make people crazy that these guys that aren't getting paid or, well, now they are a little bit sometimes – you know, spending 20 weeks or 21 weeks playing football. That aside, the student-athletes are going to do that in football. But now the beauty of the NCAA basketball tournament has always been about the Cinderella's, right? Now, Cinderella rarely is invited to the Final Four, okay? Um, she goes home before midnight, and and there's a reason for that. Uh, and usually, you know, how many of the Dukes, North Carolinas, you know, Butler has crashed the party a few times, Gonzaga now is a brand. Right. There's a number of these basketball schools that have become brands as a result of getting that opportunity. And I thought, well, that might happen on the football side one day. If you expand, you know, the tournament, then you might have some teams that, you know, typically may not be thinking national championship. They could actually have a chance to get there. Um, but now that 
in one year, Miami and FAU and San Diego State make it. Everybody, everybody, but a lot of people are whining about this and think it's it's you know you've, you're ruining. I saw somebody posted like they're ruining college basketball. Well, we can talk about college sports. We can talk about NIL, and I think Miami has gotten a lot of NIL money for their players. You know, but Jim Laranega, this is the second time he's taken you know team to the Final Four. He's a hell of a coach. They have a great basketball team. And, you know, San Diego State is a great basketball team. And they got a lot of players from other places too. But some of them, you know, some of these teams that made it have experience. They're not the youngest team in the tournament. And I think what's happening to some of the Blue Bloods with the NBA one and dones is that these guys are coming to Duke or Kentucky, if that's where they go. They play one year and they're gone, you know. But when you have to win six games to get to the Final Four or whatever, experience matters. And I'm telling you, like, San Diego State, their defense is one of the best I've ever seen. Like, they absolutely suffocate teams. Um, Not the biggest, not the tallest, not the strongest, but they play so well together. You know, Miami has playmakers on offense that can score. They were down 13, by the way. How are you going to get mad at a Miami team that storms back from 13 in the second half? Now, that game ended in controversy. Because mm-hmm. there was a foul called, and I think it was a foul. You'd like you'd like for it not to be called, maybe in that moment, because I'm sure they missed a lot of those similar fouls during the game. Um, but if it, it, you know, one point two seconds, uh, Darian Trammell is fouled, you know, by Creighton's Ryan uh, Nebhard, and and you know, replay showed that he had his hand on his right hip, and the, he was jumping trying to make a shot. So, you know, the guy made one or two free throws and then they turned the ball over and that, that was the end of the game. But other than that, you know, if you if you gave up a 13-point lead, um, you know, in the second half the way some of these teams did, then that's on you. So, I didn't I didn't feel bad for him, but yeah, it was an interesting it was an interesting weekend of basketball, of college basketball, and I'm not one to sit down and, like I said, I didn't have much of a choice. There wasn't a lot of viewing on TV this weekend, and I had to rest. But I'm if I'm from South Florida, do you realize there's the possibility of an FAU Miami final? <laughs> How wild is that? That's crazy. That's just that crazy. crazy. I'm going to go to South Florida and be an owl. I want to be an owl. So do you think Jim Nance um, is excited or disappointed this is the final, final four he's calling? Is it the final, final four? Yeah, he's hanging it up. Really? Mm-hmm. So this is his one shining moment, if you will? Yes. Wow. Wow. Was it just too much because the tradition, like no other, is the next weekend? Um, I, I'm not sure exactly why. I mean, next year it's going to be on TBS. They rotate every other year, so this year's a CBS oh. one. So he wanted okay. to make his final one on CBS, I think, for sure. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's disappointed. I think he would like to add Duke, North Carolina, and, you know, I don't know, Virginia. I don't know. Kentucky. Some, and, UCLA, Kentucky. Yeah. yeah, Kentucky for sure. Um, I'll say this. The most unlikable team in the country went down Alabama. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Some were saying karma. Woo. A lot of heat about that, and their best player provided a gun to a dude who then may have shot somebody, um, allegedly. They'll stand trial and – you know, not a uh, 
that's when the coach came out and said, yeah, wrong place at the wrong time, which there's that's not really a thing. Which then Nick Saban, his counterpart at Alabama, said, there's no such thing as wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> I know. Ouch. And he said, no, that's not in regards to Nate Oates. Oh, no, of course not. You said exactly what he said, but but did not defend it. And and Nick is right in this case. Nick is right. You know? Um, it's it's right place at the wrong time. That's That's the only not wrong place at the wrong time. Like, no. Because if you're wrong and wrong... And you're just wrong, man. <laughs> Whatever you did, uh, it's on you. You've got to live with it. So, um, but yeah, I. It's going to be fun. There's going to be some, some definitely some new blood playing in the national championship. Now, UConn. The one thing I'll say about them is they had the easiest path. Like they, they won games by like 15 points. You know, they sort of they sort of hammered people, mm-hmm. no matter who they faced. Well, they're the. I so, believe they're the favorites in this. They are. They're like a four. I think they're a yeah. big-time favorite, to be honest. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. So, it might not, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it might not be that different when they're cutting down the nets and playing one shining moment. But wouldn't it be cool if the Beach Boys were up there, man, from FAU or from Miami? I'd take that. That'd be cool. I wouldn't mind San Diego I, State either. I, mean, I, like, I like when new teams crash yeah. the party. Yeah. Yeah. The head coach at San Diego State was with Steve Fisher for 100 years. Mm-hmm. He was at Michigan, and then he followed him to San Diego State. Fisher yep. built that program, and I think he was with him, no, seriously, like 27 years before he got shot. It's like, dude, are you ever going to retire? Hey, man, you got I teams covered, like you that. Know, I Why covered retire? That. Why retire if you, you know, got teams like that? You're a Michigan fan. You mm-hmm. remember when Fisher took over? Yeah. Bo Schoenbeckler uh, said the Michigan man's going to coach a Michigan team. And didn't right. Bill well, they fi- what did they let the coach go for? No, something Bill, going on, right? Bill Frieder left to go to Arizona State. That was it. That he, was he it. wanted to stay through the tournament, and that's when Bo Schumbeckler, who was the athletic nope. director, said, "No, a Michigan man will coach a Michigan team." That was beautiful, and he won. And he got all the way to the Final Four. Who won it? Was the Mermil Robinson or, game? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I was at. That's the you know that is. Now I've covered some Final Fours. But it was I was like the lead writer there for some reason. Bob Herrig used to do college sports back in the day, and he didn't that year. I was it was me and Hubert Mizell in Seattle. What a beautiful mm-hmm. city, by the way. I've always loved Seattle, but really loved it back then. And yeah, that was incredible. I think Seton Hall was in that tournament. Yep. Duke for sure. It was Michigan over Danny Seton Hall. Controversial foul at the foul. end that put Ramil Robinson you go. on the line. Put him on the line. He stroked them, and they won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's how far Steve Fisher goes back. Yep, and then he Incredible. recruited the Fab Five. Yes, he did. <laughs> he changed basketball when he did that, man. They were fun. Yes, he they, did. They, they changed a lot of things. Fashion, long shorts, black socks. All those guys have had great careers, most of them in broadcasting and stuff. So, yeah, that was fun. Anyway, a little college hoops for you to talk. Just to uh Speaking of our- Final Fours, the – NCAA Frozen Four is decided. They're going to be played here in Tampa next Thursday and Saturday, August or April sixth and eighth. You got a lot of the blue bloods there, though. Yeah, that's what I understand. Rob Higgins did it again. Yeah, he did. Minnesota, very and, blue blood in hockey, and Boston U in the first semifinal. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then you get Quinnipiac and Michigan in the second semifinal. Your Michigan Wolverines, huh? Now, have they won national championships in hockey often or lately? Or is this, uh, a- this is their twenty seventh Frozen Four. 
Well, they're there. I they're. believe they've won the most college hockey championships. If not, they're like second or really? third. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. I know Boston U has been in it a ton of times. At least I think they have. Yeah. Well, that's um, a good Frozen Four. Yeah, I, I actually attended a Michigan Frozen Four victory in 96 in Cincinnati. No they kidding. They won the whole thing. Okay, here's a trivia question, and I don't know the answer. That's why I'm asking you, Michigan man. Who's the greatest NHL hockey player from the state, from the University of Michigan? The greatest and, and hockey say player the from the goal, University Don't of say the current goaltender. No, he's from Wisconsin. What am I thinking? I was going to say the backup goalie for the Lightning. No. Yeah, that's um, Brian. Yeah, yeah he's the, Wisconsin. Who is the best Michigan hockey player in NHL history, if you had to pick one? In history? If you knew one. Well, just give me one. Has there been, has there been a, a superstar emerge from? There's, been, there's a lot of good young players right now. Yeah. Uh, Owen Power was number one draft pick last year in Buffalo. Matty Beneers in Seattle is having phenomenal. Uh, this is his second year now. Okay. Um, so they got dudes. They got yeah, dudes there's, in the NHL. there's a lot right now. Kent Johnson actually just pulled a Michigan goal over the weekend, if you know what that is, the cross-style goal. Mike Legg uh-uh. did it first for Michigan back in 95 or 6. Huh. It's called the Michigan. And no Kent kidding. Johnson for the Blue Jackets, who's from Michigan, actually just pulled it off. Over the weekend, you got a move that's that's named after your university. Yeah, well, you go around the back of the net and flip. You know, the pucks on your over stick, top, and then right? you, well, you can't yeah. go over the top because that's a, playing with a high stick. You got to go around the side. Oh, okay. Because you can't you can't play the puck into the net with the stick above the the goalpost. But not a wraparound. It is it's essentially a wraparound, but it's not on the ice. It's on your stick. Oh, it's, you carry it. I got yeah. you. Okay, yep. it's like lacrosse style. Ah, uh, I got you. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Michigan's won the hockey championship nine times, by the way. Well, Last time, though, was 98. Well, hell, they're due. They are. 98's a long time ago, man. They've been the Frozen Four, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times in the 2000s. So Go blue. Well, first yeah. of all, there's so many Michigan people that live here. They'll have a, they'll have a good mm-hmm. turnout. But plus, a lot of people come down. I mean, it's mm-hmm. spring still. Yeah, know. well, I mean, Minnesota will draw big. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it'll be. It should be a good crowd. Yeah, should no, be. I mean, well. this is what the third Frozen Four here in Tampa Bay. So, got to be one of the most you know coveted sort of destinations. Oh, I think the teams and the those, fan right? bases love it. Coming down early oh. April, weather's perfect. Yeah, yeah. So we had a uh, uh, a guest. Uh, one of the, one of my um, my nieces came down from Chicago this past weekend, or this weekend, and. Um, so she arrived like Friday night and I happened to look at the weather, like, oh, let's see what the weather's going to be in Chicago where she just left. Yeah. 32 and snowing all day tomorrow. <laughs> and I thought, wow, it's snowing in Chicago the whole weekend, man. <laughs> like you forget it's another world up there. Yeah. I'll take and our 85 degree weather. Oh. I was at a spring training game, several, a couple of them over the weekend, loving it. Yeah. Gorgeous, wind, a little breeze going, you know, dry, just perfect time of year to be down here. And there are a lot of people down here. It is spring break, man. Yes. There is a lot of folks. Yeah, it's going to get crazier, what, the next week or two as you get near Easter, then you get even a lot more. That's right. Until Easter is is uh, over, then you'll start seeing some the stream of cars going north. But before that, nope, they're all here. So drive carefully, folks. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the NFL owner meetings is also this week. I got more Baker Mayfield for you in just a second, but let me start by saying first um, that you can save money on your electric bill 
try to get you guys to do this. You should think about it. It's May Electric Solar. They've been in business now locally uh, operating these systems for over 13 years. Now, there's a lot of these companies, and that's why we're telling you about May Electric Solar because they're committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric has all kinds of its products, and they conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install to fit your particular needs of the home, and plus, they don't use subcontractors. So all those guys up there with those solar panels on the roof, those are Billy May's guys, and you know exactly who's doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your life and that of your appliances. It's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. So I was reading something. Uh, the NFL owners meetings are in Phoenix, Arizona. I am not there <laughs> uh, for a change. We typically go, but not this year. And on the uh, agenda for the NFL, among other things, and they'll talk about some rule changes and things like that, but the sort of the broadcast committee, if you will, is going to discuss and probably, I would guess, they could maybe implement a flexible Thursday night scheduling, which to me um, seems a little impossible. <laughs> I don't know. You know, just, just in terms of like, I know how hard these these organizations work on sort of you know, scheduling rooms and getting, you know, access to, to hotels that, you know, that have the adequate meeting rooms and whatnot. Um, and I just don't know how you can, and this is only going to be for like the last few weeks of the season. I believe it's week 15 to 17. So, yeah. And, and I think it would require a 17 day notice. Yes. So I think it would be the Monday correct. two weeks prior. So it's two right. and a half weeks, essentially. Sure. You know, colleges, you know, and granted, you know the dates, but like college times is a 13-day window, okay. typically, or 12-day, actually. But yeah, weeks 14 is, we, and 17. But when you're flipping dates, it's a lot tougher. Right. Um, and so, yeah, 8-15 start. Um, you're right, 15-day notice. All right. I mean, they're trying to appease, obviously, another network carrier, right, for Thursday Night Football. Well, they're trying um, to get better matchups in the prime time. Sure. I mean, Especially it, late. A lot of the time, Thursday yeah. night matchups have been pretty bad, particularly late in the season. Yeah, because, you know, frankly, if... Well, you're requiring everybody to be on Thursday night. Everybody has to be on one national TV game, and so if you're not very good... Actually, I believe you, everybody has to be a, on a Thursday night game now. I believe that's required. Is it now all Thursday night? But Now that, now that, now that can they're be, playing enough of them, they, they can do that. Yeah, but that can be the only game you get. Mm -hmm. In Correct. other words, if, if, that's the, if that's it, that's your, that's your game. And there's been years where that's the only right. one that the Bucks have played. But the Thursday um, is the harder schedule one because mm -hmm. you're shifting everything up three days. It's not like right. Monday, which is a day later, and you can deal with that. Sure. But it's that sure. everything gets shifted up three days coming off Well, you can't game. practice. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you basically have no practice. And guys can't heal up. If you have a game on Sunday that's like – the, and they're looking to do this with teams, you know, to try to get better matchups, teams are in contention. Well, if I'm in contention, 
you know, and I'm putting it out there and every Sunday means, means something and I'm, you know, going hard as I can on Sunday. And then I got to turn around on another Thursday night. Cause most, cause all these teams would have played one Thursday night already. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to be healthy. If I'm the road team, it's really bad. You know what I mean? Because you lose mm-hmm. a day traveling. I mean, you're on an airplane Wednesday, you know, and you can't practice anyway. It's all walkthroughs at that point. But the healing time is what makes it difficult. And I think that's why the product has suffered is that, you know, it takes more than two or three days for these guys to get their bodies back to play. Mm-hmm. It just does. Um, and so, you know, I think that's why we've seen some some bad games, in addition to the fact that some of the poor teams, you you know, you watch predominantly on Thursday night football. But it's all about the network partners. That's all the NFL cares about, TV money, et cetera. And, yeah, better packages. Um, they can charge more network fees for these games if they can get – you know, if I was Monday Night Football, I would want flex scheduling like Sunday Night Football has, right? Um, you know, but there are those TBA weeks, the last three weeks of the season, and, you know, once college football is over, you may have a game that is moved from Sunday to Saturday, mm-hmm. you know, for national television. And that's happened, you know, that's happened before, I think even to Tampa Bay in the past. So, um, so those kind of games you know, could then be moved to Thursday. I don't know. I mean, the players, people always ask, they've asked me like, why, why would the union agree to, you know, Thursday night football can't be good, right? For players. Like if you're, if you're the union and you're really interested in health and safety and all this stuff, well, one, the NFL will tell you, we just don't have data to support that. There's more incidents of injury. Okay. That you're more likely to get hurt on a Thursday night than any other game. I don't know if that's true because I don't collect the data. Number two, though, is it's revenue. You know, mm-hmm. like we sell it, and you're a partner, so they split the revenue almost fifty-fifty. That's right. So if I'm coming at you and going, okay, so you don't want to do it? How about if we paid you on average each player gets one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars more per year in their salary? Would you do it then? Yeah, sign me up. You know, one hundred seventy-five thousand more a year for one game on Thursday. And here's the dirty little secret about Thursday night football. Players like it. They don't like they don't like going out there and being, you know, not quite back and beat up and all that stuff. That's not what I mean. What they like is that there's no practice. There's right? no practice and then like, 10 days off or 10 days between. Yeah, and you have a mini buy coming on the other side, which is phenomenal, right? So if you can just survive it and you know, you're going to have walkthroughs. That's cool. You know, your day's shorter. Um, you're getting treatment. That's predominantly what you're doing. They get you off your feet. You're doing a lot of film work, a lot of walkthroughs. And you get on playing, you go play. And when it's over, it's over. Now you got 10 days, right? And I, like I said, I'm sure it doesn't feel good to be out there, but money entices a lot of people, and the union has never fought this. And they're not going to fight this either, I don't think. So, obviously... Um, it'd have to be unilaterally agreed to or they couldn't put it on the agenda to begin with. But, yeah, so I think we'll have some flex Thursday night games. So maybe, watch this segue, if Baker Mayfield, say, you know, for example, gets the Bucks into contention by week 15, maybe he could have them in a Thursday night game. Remember what he did? Last year, when he got picked on waivers by the Rams, you can read about it in the Tampa Bay Times on Sunday, in Sunday's Tampa Bay Times, or you can go to tampa.com. So, yes, we did another Baker Mayfield story. Um, 
Only this one, I, I mean, it, you know, the thing about Baker is, and he has said this, everybody seems to have their own impression of him, obviously. The commercials, um, what went wrong in Cleveland, all that. And he says, my personality might not rub, might rub people the wrong way, but I am who I am. Like, he doesn't make apologies for it. Now, he has matured. He's not the same kid that came out of, you know, Oklahoma and, but man, some stuff happened. Like when he got to Cleveland, that you know, you could you could see, and some colleagues of mine, some of the stuff that was written about him, um, you can see why it rubbed him the wrong way. But if you if you go and read the story, I talked to Raheem Morris, who said it was incredible. You know, he was there less than forty eight hours, took about a dozen reps one day, and then the day of the game in a walkthrough might have taken twice that many. Uh, again, none of them full speed. Said he didn't even do a two-minute drill at full speed. He goes, I know for a fact that didn't happen. He goes, we came out, and we are going at it good on you know ones-on-ones, and he was talking smack, and we were talking back to him and all that. He goes, but I watched him prepare all week and roll in with limited information. He goes, he never did a full-speed two-minute drive. And then he goes out and won the game with one. He said it was just – he said it was sick, um, you know, just his resilience and his will to win. So I think, you know, and, and look, it's it's – going to depend on how Jason Light and Todd Bulls do in the draft. They absolutely need a tackle. They need to find ways to protect him. Um, but he's an interesting cat going all the way back to, you know, a three-year-old who told his dad to turn the cartoons off so he could watch SportsCenter. I'm not making this up. <laughs> this actually happened. He's got to be the happiest dad in the world, by the way. When did my kid like say that? Um, but, yeah, he, he's, he's a different dude, and, and he's been through some stuff. You know, they compared him, you know, to Johnny Manziel when he was coming out and, you know, without the drug problems and called him a midget and, you know, all these different things. Um, and we know, it, you know, Oklahoma, the, you know, planting the flag and, you know, crotch grabbing against Kansas and stuff like that. All that kind of formed an, an, a, kind of this image around him. But what he is, if you talk to his coaches, and, and I did, um, is a really smart football player. Like, he comes by Wednesday, he has the game plan. Obviously, he had it quicker than that. He only spent an hour and a half with the Rams coaches. They gave him half of the 84-play game plan, and he had a wristband that he actually used once for one play. Um, So he's smart as hell. He's prepared as hell. He's got a good arm. We know that. And and he has a great will to win, you know? And, And he wants to turn this thing around. He wants to make this story, you know, go the right way. And again, I think a lot of it will depend on who the Bucks are able to surround him with and who stays healthy and all of that. But I think you look at the Geno Smith example, and that's really the closest like Baker can hope for is, and Geno had been at it a lot longer than Baker. I mean, Baker's still a young man. Um, but again, you have Dave Canales, who's coming from the Seahawks last year. And Gino went in there and played great and got him to a playoff at nine and seven. And, you know, now he's got his three year, you know, $90 million deal. And and that's sort of what Mayfield is hoping for. Um, but if you read, you know, this story again, com, shameless plug, all of that. Um, it'll tell you a little bit more about, you know, about who Baker is. If you've made up your mind, you might, you might change it. So mark it down. You said December 14th, the Bucks will be playing on Thursday night football. Um, that's week fifteen, so of Thursday night. Football, okay, so. yeah, I'll go. So, okay, I'll go with that. All yeah, right, mark it down. It'll be flexed. 
You heard we'll it. We'll find out uh, what about uh, <laughs> this November 29th or so. We'll find out. So, well, you know, I'm going to tell you who's going to be upset about that. My company, <laughs> because <laughs> dude, we don't do anything on the fly unless like, it's a home to, game. Unless it's a home game. Well, saying. that's true. Yeah, if it's on the road, we're dead. I mean, unless it's in the state and I can drive there. Um, but anything other than that, um, yeah, it could be difficult. Or if it's at Raymond James, which would be great. That's the thing. Like you never, when you that schedule comes out, and I don't expect to see a lot of national TV games. This is not news to you, I hope. Um, this year, certainly not like the Brady years. We had five every year, and then a flex game on top of it. But when that schedule comes out, you're going to see a lot of one o'clock games. Uh, but you want to see that Thursday night game at home. Like you never want to see that. Oh, they go to Cincinnati on a Thursday. Like you just don't want that. I wonder if uh, there's any college bowl games at NFL stadiums that'll be like the bowl game is that Friday, game? and then also the NFL wants to move that game from Sunday up. Yeah, I mean that could maybe. I don't mean you know this year it's it, you know it's not going to affect the it, outback, but I don't know when the those would be Casparilla Bowl, bowl is scheduled for this year. True, that's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, some of them might wonder, not be able to turn the field around. Yeah, I wonder if that's going to impact things. I don't know. I, I mean, I expect it to pass. I mean, they mm-hmm. they got it before the membership, and, and they've discussed it, and there's other things that they're talking about that we can get into later in the week. But um, And Todd Bowles is going to speak uh, to whomever is out there to ask him questions. Uh, on Thursday, um, locally it'll probably be around 11, 1130, something like that. Um, he has not really weighed in much on on Mayfield or anything else um, since the uh, combine, but pretty soon we're turning to the draft. I think we're like thir- what thirty days away or something like that from the NFL draft, which is just going to be a big one for them. I mean, yeah, what April twenty seventh? So this, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're a month away today. Yeah, they're going to have to knock this out of the park. I mean, they really do. They, 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 they and it would not surprise me if they moved down and got more picks because I think when you get to nineteen. You might be able to find the same player at 25. And if you could trade down to 25, maybe get another, uh, you know, early second round pick or, you know, that unless sort of thing. someone that you think is top 10 falls to 19. Well, and that happens, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it does happen. But, um, and what, and, and then here's, here's the, here's the thing. And it won't be one of the three that everybody's talking about, but there are more. What if it's a quarterback? You know? Mm-hmm. They don't have. They have not signed a third quarterback yet. Mm-hmm. If you note, and nope. a lot of teams haven't. What if? What if are, one of those quarterbacks? You know, assuming Stroud and Bryce Young go one two. Right. What if uh, Will Levis drops to eight, nine, ten? Would the Bucks move, move up, up to go get him? Mm, mm, be bold. Or Anthony Richardson if he drops a little bit. Be bold, I, I, but know, I don't know what the Bucks think idea. of those guys. I mean, and they're going to do their evaluation. I don't either. But, but if one of them drops further than you expect, yeah, Will Levis. I mean, I think he's more almost in some ways ready to play than than some of these other guys. Um, he had a good workout. Of course, all these guys look great at their workouts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they scripted and all that. But um, that guy's got a gun. Well, he's he absolutely has a great arm and some maturity about him. So yeah, there's going to be. A number of these quarterbacks, and you know, look. If you're the Bucks, you want all those quarterbacks, I think, to go ahead of you. Mm-hmm. So you push down some good players you really need, and that starts at offensive line, especially tackle. I mean, you don't know 
if you're going to have to move Wirfs, but if you do, do you have a right tackle um, or can you draft a left tackle? You know, this is what Seattle did last year. They went in the draft and they got a couple offensive linemen. And you know what? They played okay. And they had a good running back, right? He was a rookie of the year type candidate. And, you know, so you got Rashad White, you know, if you can get him going with a new outside zone blocking scheme, pick up a couple of linemen, maybe you can do. I mean, this is exactly what they're trying to do. It's very so similar to Seattle and not a coincidence that Canales is the guy coming in here. Um, that sort of is the model right now for them. Um, but, or, you know, could you get into the mid to late rounds and mm-hmm. take a quarterback? You know? Well, it's kind Georgia. of the, the Kyle Trask model. <laughs> you know, you took one at the end of the yeah. second or essentially it's third round almost. Yeah, last pick a second. Yeah, so we're still a long way from the draft, but not that long. No. Um, there'll be some more trades and things happening. So, Speaking of not long from, the Stanley Cup playoffs begin three weeks from tonight. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, so we talked about this road trip. It's not going well. They got one. They got a game tonight against uh, Carolina. Yep. Now, they came home after the Boston game Saturday, so they actually kind of broke up the road trip a little bit. Okay. They had a day game Saturday in Boston, so they flew home, got home Saturday evening. Got some rest. They'll fly out this afternoon to Carolina. So they actually and got the a day off number at home. Is, which, the magic number is, what, 10? Uh, it's down to 8 because Florida keeps losing. So it's even though the eight. Lightning keep losing, Florida's been losing. It's crazy. The Islanders have been losing. So, I mean, they're, <laughs> it's um, – and Pittsburgh's struggling too. So um, it's conspiracy. Yeah, but so the Lightning actually – Sunday and Monday is the first time they've had two days off in a row from a game in five weeks. Well, that'll help them. It ended that that, Saturday ended the 19 games in 33 days. That's the toughest stretch in the history of the franchise as far as number of games Mm. in 33 days. They've never done that before. And it looked like it. Although I thought the game against Boston was really, really good. I thought they played really well. They didn't put the puck in the net, but beyond that, yeah, I mean, what they, they took had five chances. five power penalty kills in the first period. Penalty kill right. looked great. The goal mm-hmm. they got on it, Hedman had him tied up. He just was able to get a stick on it, right? To Bergeron, and they had one shorthanded um, by Victor mm-hmm. Hedman. But they, you know, so you you know that penalty kill plus the shorty, that's really good. On the other hand, they had chances on the power play. Did not they had a five on three? Did not cash in. Uh, a little too much passing. Yes, yes. Stamkos to Cooch was going back and forth. Like, somebody shoot it. Somebody shoot it. What was Phil doing? Was Phil screwing? It was a road game, so Phil wasn't on the call. Oh, God. I'm sure he'd have been on that call. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oi, 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 oi. Yeah. But that's when, you know, he's right most of the time. You should shoot it. But he was really right then. They were playing patty cake with that thing. Mm -hmm. So, will somebody just take the shot? You know? Jeez. That was frustrating because they had about a minute or a little over a minute mm-hmm. of five on three. Yep, and then did not did not cash in. But it was a it, it had 
Tell you what, that game had, I mean, from the start, right, some bad blood intentionally. Yeah, well, what, nine seconds off the, the face-off? Maroon. Uh, it was a fight, yeah. and then Maroon jumps in, too. And... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that... the Lightning were ready, and, and you talk about their intensity, their focus, or this. I mean, you only allowed two goals to Boston, who's the highest-scoring team in hockey this year. And one of those was a power play in the first period where you had five penalty kills. <laughs> uh, right. You know, it, they, played, they played well. You lost in Boston, yeah. but, as, you know, John Cooper says, if you give up two or less goals a game, you got a pretty good shot to win. Mm-hmm. They had mm-hmm. a good shot to win, giving up two goals to Boston. Yep, on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm not clear on this, and maybe you can help clear it up, but there were – so – Brian Ingblom was talking about, you know, mm-hmm. typically they practice. They didn't practice as much, or they called a meeting instead, or something like that. Cooper was or wasn't there. I don't even know exactly what that was about. But it seemed to indicate that, like, yeah, you know, players kind of they took it upon themselves, so took a little more initiative among the players to go out there and kind of control things. You know, so, like this is on us. So from best we know, is they were scheduled to take practice one or two o'clock on Friday, whatever time it was. I don't remember. Yeah. They didn't come out to the ice till 20 minutes later. Okay. And it was a short practice, and there was no John Cooper there. All right. So he, he probably was in the meeting or presumably, or and, and Presumably. You know, maybe they met, did film, and Coop yeah. said, you want to bag practice? Maybe the player said, no, we want to have one. And they went mm-hmm. out there and skated because they wanted to. I mean, the day game the next day, I'm sure the coaches didn't want a full practice to – Yeah. You know, exert they're, them. they're definitely trying to get them rest when they can. Especially their hand streak, yeah. You know, exactly why what happened, we don't necessarily know. Mm-hmm. But they sure came out Saturday with a lot of energy and the way you want to see them play come playoff time. A lot of purpose, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you didn't see the breakaways, or at least as many mm-hmm. as we've been seeing yep. in the past. Yep. Um, yeah, they, they, they got some good shots. And look... Um, Boston, Boston's tough now. <laughs> tough to beat there. How many games have they lost at home? Well, they've already clinched the division with ten games to play. Oh, I know. Oh, I'm well, but but they haven't lost what half a dozen games at home. They've set a franchise record with 57 wins on the season. Good lord! They have nine games left. If they just go five and four, they're going to tie the Lightning, and I think it's the uh, Red Wings with 62 wins. Guys, think about that. They've been playing hockey for a minute in Boston, yeah. right? But I mean, so if they just like, go five and four. I mean, you expect them to go seven and two the last nine. Sure, they may blow sure. past the record. Oh yeah, oh yeah. A lot of expectations come with that, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Second season's on the way. Yeah. The Bean Town will be all fired up. Don't let them down, guys. But the, yeah, the Lightning's magic number down to eight. Okay, and I believe the uh, is it the Panthers do play tonight against Ottawa. So it could be six by the time the night's over. Goodness gracious. If Ottawa well, it would be good to get be, two points against Carolina. Carolina's good. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll be Tuesday night. That's not tonight. Oh, that's Tuesday night. The Lightning okay. actually have two days in a row off. So. Gotcha, gotcha. At least from a game. Yeah, well, they certainly improved their play, and, and uh, mm-hmm. it was a good effort by the boys. And I, it was, you know, as they said after the game, some I don't know who said it, but some of the players were like, look, if you can lose a game and feel better about the way you played than we have been, that was it. You know, like. Like, yeah, we lost, but we feel really good about the way we just played. You know, if we do that, then we're, we're going to be fine. So, 
you know, maybe they're maybe they found something in in Boston, even though they lost the game. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, today we'll be um, talking about the NFL owners meetings, what mm-hmm. goes on there. We're, we're so close to raise baseball. We're going to have Mark Topkin this week. And he's going to be on Thursday for opening day. So we are three days from that opening day. That is awesome. Day. That is awesome. And and about that. Um, you were at a memorial for Dave Wills that uh, Joy Knight wrote about. If you want to read about it in Tampa Bay Times and Tampa Bay.com, incredible! Like you forget, you know, so many teams are down here and executives, but the turnout mm-hmm. was sort of a who's who of baseball, but very emotional. So many people spoke, um, not the least of which, if you read the story, what his daughter said. But um, so, so how was that? I mean, overall, like. You know, guys wore the Hawaiian shirts and you know in his honor, and it, it was really well done. It was so well done. Um, Dave's son and daughter, Alex and mm-hmm. Michelle, were the stars at the end. Yeah. Um, and, but Mark Topkin was fantastic. Andy Freed, of course. Uh, a couple of mm-hmm. his buddies from Chicago spoke. His brother. Um, Dave was the oldest of five, so it was right. one of his brothers spoke. Um, right. But it was really cool to see because it's spring training, so a lot of teams are down here. Um, yeah, Susan Waldman of the Yankees was there. Um, Joe Block from the Pirates came over. Um, several former Jim, Rays executives, Jim Bloom was there, right? like Hein yeah. Bloom and Jim Click Bloom, yeah. and Jim Hickey was there. And um, you know, it was because so many of them are in Florida, it was cool to see a lot of those folks show up. And of course, you know, all the Rays employees and a lot of. Uh, former Rays employees around and, and people where Rick Vaughn was there and mm-hmm. um, it, it, it was really well done. Um, not a dry eye in the house. Oh, I can't imagine. Um, when Michelle ended with, and, and, and Joey wrote about the story, but she ended her speech basically with heaven wins, heaven wins, heaven wins. I, mm. I was like, oh. Yeah, that would be it for me. That would be it for me. She all, yeah. And he didn't use this line, but she right before that used the line talking about her dad and, and his life and that. We enjoyed the broadcast, but despised the outcome. Mm. And I was like, mm. oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, he, he certainly left an impact, and that's the biggest thing is, is the impact he, he left on all those folks. And if there was a theme I was reading, some of them was just how how unbelievably unselfish he was and – how he embraced everybody that stopped him in a ballpark, at a restaurant, uh, at a at a stoplight. It didn't matter. Like Dave was always Dave, mm-hmm. and boy, did he love what he did. And did he it loved it, passion. and he loved helping others too. Like yes, you yes. you told the story, and you've seen it firsthand. But so many others, oh my, gosh. you know, show up to help cover the rays or do their jobs, and he's like, "Here, mm-hmm. come with me. I'm going to show you what to do. I'm going to help you know." Yeah. A lot of guys talk the talk. Dave walked the walk. He walked the walk. Yeah. We're going to lunch. There wasn't even an, wasn't a question. I go, what? No. <laughs> You're coming to lunch with me. Okay. And then, you know, you get the tutorial on, on how to, how to help do your job. How can we help you? You know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you find out about his background, which is unworldly. And we had this weird connection from Oakland where my wife is from and they lived on the same street and stuff like that. It's crazy. But, um, but yeah, just really, emotional and um we'll have a chance to talk to mark about that as well um uh, before uh thursday's opener against the detroit tigers man it's here by the way are you worried about wander franco at all uh always i guess it's yeah i mean i guess they say he has a chance to play i mean the health of the that. hitters is going to determine how well they do this year i, I think they have enough year, pitching right? they have enough pitching 
Yeah. Brendan Lau, Wanda Franco, Manuel Margot. Margot, yeah. um, You know, guys that were hurt last year Mm -hmm. need to stay healthier. Yep. Yep. They're going to need those guys. You know, Wanda Franco's got to play 140 games. I think so. Brendan Lau's got to play 140. Yeah. You know, I mean, they need those guys that, you know, I mean, I think they have enough pitching, particularly once class now comes back and. Right, you know, but I think they have enough where they don't have to rush him back, which is a good thing. Right, but yeah, I mean, you you always worry about, you know, wander with quad tightness again. Isn't that what happened know, last year too? Yeah, I mean, I, at first something. it was core injury, then it then it was the quads after that. Something about what he does or his physiology or something. It's like it seems mm-hmm. to affect his legs. I saw where uh, they chose Fleming to be their fifth starter, and. Sent Patino down, right? Yeah, Patino struggled in spring training. Pretty good his that, last yeah. outing. He really struggled. He got lit up, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the pitching, I'm, I don't think you go in worrying about that. I mean, they're, they're so resourceful, yeah. and then they have a solid a top three, maybe four or five than, than anyone in baseball. Yeah. So well, and McClanahan's your that. opening day starter, as everyone knew. Yeah. Right. I mean, once class right. got hurt, you knew that was the answer. Sure, but how about having Glassnell to start the season? It'd be nice, but but as we yeah. talked about too, I mean they were going to limit his innings this year. They were, yeah. So true. if you're gonna if you're gonna limit or miss some time at the beginning, is not necessarily when a you bad need him the thing. most. Assuming he yeah. comes back and can be Tyler Glassnell. Well, that's the but, key. Yeah. But you know him missing a little bit of time just means there'll be less limits down the stretch when he is when he does play. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're ready for it, and we'll be ready for Mark Tompkin to talk to him uh, for Thursday, get you ready for Rays baseball, the opener against the Tigers. That one's at 310, I think, something like that. Yeah, it's a doubleheader, 310, and then you could take in the Lightning Caps at 7 Great over at Amelie Arena. Man. So you can do the doubleheader. Champa Bay, if you need it. All right, well, we appreciate you guys listening. As always, check us out tomorrow all week long. We're here Monday through Friday for Steve Burstick. I'm Rick Stroud, the 10 Big Times. Have a great day, everybody. 